Welcome to Multiclass Theater 4, Age of Extinction. Multiclass Theater uses a D20 system to determine the outcome of events. All of our narration, dialogue, and decisions are made by us, the players, because we don't need AI to generate our content. The episode will contain adult language, gratuitous pop culture references, and fantasy violence, and possible scientific digressions. But if those don't bother you, please settle in and enjoy the show. Last time. Our heroes checked on each other's well-being following an utterly unsuccessful assassination attempt originating from the Fey city of Afraxis. Fucking tongue twister. Meanwhile, Mist took the opportunity to look in on Endu, the crazed ancient and primary antagonist. It seems that while the party has been pursuing ways to reinforce the wards around the Heart of Tear, Endu was happy to continue tearing them down. His victim this time was the Benefactor, the crime boss of the Shifting Sands, so I guess we won't have to worry about them. A hasty message is sent to Sildal warning her of Endu's progress, and our heroes continued on to the oasis of Mazam's Rest. They were immediately approached by an obvious Karn artist, with a familiar voice and an even more familiar family, trying to convince them to go into a nearby well. But our heroes were too smart to take the bait, and went down into the well anyway. Well, I guess we needed a combat encounter in that episode. Let's see what traps they walk into next on Multiclass Theater. You find yourselves in the outpost of Mazam's Rest. To call it a town would be incredibly generous. It is just a few buildings, seemingly in the middle of nowhere. The main compound, which is actually home to the order of Masam, is a fairly spartan place. Comfortable and cozy, sheltering you from the sun and the cold at night. There are spartan rooms that you spent the night in. There is a well-stocked pantry, a mess hall, this isn't an inn so much as it is a shelter for travelers on the long, weary road between Sisha, or Jeminj, and the eastern cities of First Light. The night passed comfortably enough. It was good to be, I would say, out of the elements, but honestly, Winley's hut is very comfortable. You didn't really suffer through the nights, but still, it's nice to sleep in a bed and Honestly, nice to be alone for a night, away from the others. Except for Rotan, who once again had the company of Gruber sleeping at the foot of his bed. You wake the next day and find yourselves gathered around the communal table, enjoying some porridge, some water. There's some fresh fruit on the table, which seems odd and out of place in this barren wasteland, but it's there for your enjoyment. Devi, the feeling that you've had ever since Sisha, ever since the tomb of Drelatar, is pulling you southward at this point. I want to understand that feeling a little more. So is, is it like a compulsion to go towards it, or is it just like a, a knowledge of where this thing is? It is a little bit of both. There's something calling you. like It's almost like a longing pulling you towards this place. And this knowledge 
in your head, in your heart, that this is where you need to be. It's that feeling of looking at a photograph of somewhere and feeling that sense of, I need to go there. I need to be there. That there's something there that will complete me or that I will find some sense of peace, some sense of understanding, some sense of something in that place. That's the feeling you feel within. That's what's pulling you forward. Debbie is um, looking antsy uh, whenever we have to stop any night, but this light in particular, uh, she does not want to stay around too long. Debbie, you're looking antsy over there. Are you not? Like, I'm restless. We, we, it's not a vacation. We're going somewhere. We need to get going. Come on. No, yes, yeah, I, I agree. A momentary uh, setback with the whole, um, you know, gelatinous cube and all that. But, um, I agree. It's a fun diversion, but we have places to be. What I'm confused about is, why didn't I go here before? Like, the, the test they gave me before did not involve a castle on a lake. I want to go find out what's up with this place. They have answers about world-saving magic, sure, but it's still chaos. I have a second chance. I just wish they would tell me how far it is, not just what direction. Sorry, they would tell you? Well, you know, the... The feeling, the thing in my head. I assume it's them, like, directing me. I don't know. Miss just kind of leans back a bit. I've never seen a cat raise one eyebrow before. Are, 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 are they speaking to you now? Are they here with us now? It's not like a voice. It's just a feeling that I assume comes from people. The Order of Chaos. No one else is... No one so, else is... About, okay, fine. Rotan literally talks no, no. to his sword. Just give me this. Oh, no. Yeah, Rotan talks to his sword. It's a bad thing. Yeah, it's an evil sword. Yes, but my sword talks back. I mean, it's that's a different worse. sort of thing. Somehow that's worse. Yeah, that's worse. not better. That's Yeah, not better. I don't know. I mean... It, this is problematic all around. Sometimes it says interesting things. Nope. I, mm, I, I'm going to not choose to... I'm going to choose not to unpack that. I'm going to choose not to unpack that. Because I feel like that's just going to make things even, somehow, worse, worse. I mean, let's hear about. Like, what, what interesting things did it say, Rotan? Oh, well, mostly it talks about wanting to kill things. Bad things or just things in general? Yes, yes and no. Uh, I think uh, a little while ago it, it uh, said it wanted to kill gods, which, uh, I mean, that's uh, a bit ambitious in my opinion. All right. What are you if not ambitious, Rotan? Oh, I'm a hero. There's been a few heroes who have killed gods. This is, you know, just... Make sure it's the right kind of god. You're saying that this is an attainable goal. Why is this suddenly about me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose if it was uh, uh, an evil god, for example, uh, then then yes, yes, I think that would be a, a, a worthy goal to set my sights on. Can I ask a disconcerting question regarding your nature with the sword? Uh, uh, what? So, like... If it really wants you to kill somebody, can you stop that impulse? Or is that becoming more and more difficult for you? No, it... it I mean, I've tried to separate myself from it, of course, and, and that that didn't work. But uh, mostly, it, it, it seems just content at the current rate of... Uh, of killing things that we have maintained up to this point. All right, well, no, that's good. I prefer that answer to the alternative. So, you know, if that changes, can you let us know? I feel like that's something that we probably ought to take care of, if that's the case. I mean, uh, 
perhaps, perhaps I won't be able to let you know. Oh, we need like a safe word or something. Ah, signal. Yeah. Excellent. Do you know what's so interesting? Is, um, the alternative is really my situation, isn't it? Well, yeah, we just don't want extra folk in that same situation. Oh, I agree. I, I, well, I guess we could, because then we could help you both at the same time. But I also don't love that for you. Well, yes, I don't love it for me either. But, um, yes, I, I, I do sense, though, that Rotan and I actually have a lot more in common than I thought. How awful. Rotan looks puzzled. Well, I, what I mean is, well, you and I have two, um, sort of entities attached to us. In, in different sorts of ways, of course, but, well, they're sort of parasites in a way. You just have more control over your, your mind and your body than I do. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, well, I, I, I of course, can't, can't, uh, Place myself in in your shoes well, and, of course and not. know everything fit. that you're going through. But, well, <laughs> yes, oh, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you know, I uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it occurs to me that maybe having this sword isn't such a bad thing. I mean, it is it is an evil sword. Uh, yes, it's, that's a bad thing. But I am a good person, and that's a good thing. And uh, we happen to be uh, pointed in the same direction, you might say. Sure, sure. Um, did, um, did someone tell you you were a good person, or is that of your own opinion of yourself? Does somebody need to tell me? Well, I suppose not. Uh, because it does seem to be your opinion. I was just wondering <laughs> how many people told you that is all. I'll tell you that. Rotan, you're a good person. See? Oh, okay, so we have one. <laughs> I'll keep a tally. And Gruber regularly tells me uh, what a good person yes, well, I am. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I think you're a good person, Rotan. Ah, oh, thank you, <laughs> Oh, <Desmond>. look. <laughs> Two. You're fabulous as well. That lightning. Oh, excellent. Stop it, thank you. Well, he makes a good point, though. This, the sword, you know, we keep saying it's evil, but what does it want us to do exactly? Kill people, which we do anyways, right? Like, what's what's the big deal? Like, as long as we're killing the right people for the right reasons, you know, to feed the sword, get more power, what's the big deal? Sure. Yeah, that sounds a little like a slippery slope to me, but <laughs> I also am not in possession of a, an evil sword, so. We'll uh, trust you, Rotan, to use your best judgment, and, you know, it sounds like everything's all right, at the moment, but if things start to take a, a dark, um, evil turn, I, I trust you to let us know, or... Well, oh, thank you, Desmond. As you know, my judgment is excellent. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, hairball. Are you alright, miss? I'm good, fine. Anything else other than what is happening right now would just be so wonderful. Anything. Like a giant blob. A giant gelatinous cube. Sounds more enticing. We already did that. Yes, I know. I'm just saying I'd rather do it again than continue on this. Anyway, don't we have things to do, Devi? Don't you have an, a... We need to go find this castle. Yes, a yearning for this castle. I, I suggest I put up my tent and we just go on, trot on together. We, we are very much on a clock we now. We are, yes. yes. Because the number of ancients is growing fewer. Yes. Let's get to it. 
Devi, I, um, I, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that, that your bones are, break, break very easily. Are, are, are you alright? I don't remember that being, being a problem before. Oh, the bones thing. Well, okay. The, the bones do break, but like it's, it's not just that. Like my whole body, like if, if I don't do the magic ritual in the morning, like it's, things can be a little rough, you know? It, it, it got interrupted that day. Remember, like, we, I, I had to rush out to see that cube, and I didn't have time to cast my spells. So there's there a little bit of a, you know, weakened state, let's call it. Yes, yes, I, I mean, I, I understand that. I'm just, I'm worried about you, sister. I, I'm worried that, that, is, what can I do? What can you do? Well, there's not much anybody can do. It's just, I don't know, the way I am, like, I, I, it's it's gotten worse in recent years. I I don't know. I'm managing it, right? Like I I've got the magic. I I can as long as I have that, I can I'm fine. I mean, I I am a, a, a paladin of of Timora. I uh, maybe there's some some healing that that I could do that that would help. Well, you're welcome to try. Um, I mean, it is kind of the end of the day, and. The magic is... You know what? I could even just turn it off. Hold on a second. And then Debbie will kind of do a few hand gestures. And you can see, like, her her complexion becomes a little more pallid. And she looks a little more gaunt than usual. Um, she's not, like, obviously sick or anything, but she looks a little less healthy and less beautiful than she did. Okay, so now the, the magic's off. You want to try healing? You're welcome to try. Uh, yes, let me see if... if uh... Perhaps if I can handle uh, or channel uh, Timor's healing energy into uh, into your bones, uh, perhaps perhaps that could could help fix things. You, you said your legs. You were worried about your legs. Well, the legs was just what what Windley happened to be hugging at the time. Um, it's really it's really everywhere. Um, but you can focus on the my leg if you want. Uh, so Roton will will like gently. He'll take off his gauntlets and he'll gently like put his hands down on your legs and and he'll try his hands will glow a little bit and he he tries to to heal whatever whatever damage might be there because he doesn't i mean correct me if i'm wrong uh ames but that i don't think roton remembers you being or uh devi being this weak back when they were children together, right? That is, yeah, correct. She was yeah. hale and healthy as a child and as a as a teenager when they really knew each other most. So, so yeah, so he's gonna try and try and heal the damage and just see, see, see if it works. Yeah. So it it works in the sense that the spell is cast, the the magic goes in, but it's effectively like trying to heal someone who's at full health already. Like it, it you can do it. It just doesn't seem to help any more than what they were already in. Uh, Roton lifts his hands up and then puts them down again and he tries again and I think he can kind of tell that, that nothing's nothing's happening. You you seem to be uh, already already healthy. I don't know what to make of this. Well, as, as healthy as I can be, you know? I, I know, that's kind of what I figured would happen. Roz has tried healing me. Other people have tried as well. Like, it's... I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I know that necromancy makes it better. And that's, so that's why I do that every morning. Um, that 
that, that ritual, it, 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 it does what regular healing can't, if that makes any sense. Where are you drawing the energy from for, for the spells? Well, it, it brings energy into me uh, from, from elsewhere. Is it? I mean, are you... Devi, are you... Are you killing things? Uh, sometimes it depends on what's around. I try not to... I, I don't I don't ever draw from people, right? I don't want to make that very clear. Um, but, you know, animals, plants, there's all... There's there's life energy all around, right? And you just got to know how to find it and, and use it. And I don't think they're killed. I don't, I don't think I... I don't... Well, sometimes they are. But I try not to. I try to get just enough so that I can, I can use it, but not kill things. Unless I want them to die, which I didn't in, that, in most mornings. Rotan nods to himself and he says, Don't worry, we, we'll figure this out. We, we can find a way to, uh, to, to change things so that, that you don't have to, have to do this ritual anymore. Yes, it's going to be all right, Devi. I think we can figure this out. What, what's wrong with my ritual? It, it, isn't that just the same as healing? But, but you're not, you're not... As, as well as you could be, Devi. Well, as long as I had the magic, I am. But but what if... What if... Well, uh, I mean, we won't lose. But what if something happens where, where you can't do magic anymore? That that cannot happen. I, I know what, that's what I heard the, the guy, the Endu guy, is trying to do. He can't. He can't. Like, I, I need... I need this magic. He, he's... He's trying to eliminate all magic. I I know, and that's scary. And and before now, uh, it didn't seem like such a bad thing. Maybe you thought magic going away would be okay. I wasn't sure. It just it seems to me that that so many of the enemies we faced are able to do the things that they did, the horrible things that they did, because they had power. That other people didn't. That they had magic when other people didn't. And I, I found myself wondering, you know, if if there was no magic, would would they not have been able to do those horrible things? Probably not. But you use magic. Well, it's 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 more divine magic or, or divine power of a sort. I don't know. Actually, if well, that's still magic. If it would stop or not? Well, regardless, it 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 doesn't. I don't need it to be happy. I have my devotion to Taimora and my devotion to my friends, and and without that additional power, I would still be okay. But if there were no magic, then then I'm worried what would happen to you. I would probably die. I don't want you to die, Devi. We've only just... I don't either. We've only just run into each other again. Half a world away. That was the most surprising thing. Uh, I, I I knew that you left home, but yes. I didn't know why or how or... I I, I, I met up with Glor, and he, he mentioned that he, he had seen you, but I, what are you doing here, I guess? I was called. I was called to serve. To serve Taimora? You you know how I've always looked up to my brother. Uh, and his is how how noble and brave is and and yes. how he was willing to to go against some of the uh 
less desirable qualities of our family to to try and do some good in the world. I wanted to be like him. And the night before I left, I had this incredibly vivid dream. And Timor appeared to me in it and said that I I had been chosen to to do good things in the world, that she would help me to to change the world for the better. And I woke up the next morning and there was this this shield lying beside my bed that had not been there before it was it was beautiful and it had it had i presume a holy symbol on it and and uh so without any hesitation i left and i regret in retrospect not saying goodbye to, to certainly to you uh but I was worried that uh, the rest of the family, you know, father and Punisha, I was worried that they would, they would cause trouble. And so I, I just, I went down to the, to the port and I booked a ship on, uh, that, that was leaving for, for Akvani. And I, uh, and I got passage on that ship and, and I left. And then, of course, uh, that ship sunk, and then I got picked up by, uh, by a different ship, and then that ship got hijacked by pirates, and then those ships sank. And then, of course, I, I wound up on the deserted island, and then I uh, was picked up by, by uh, not, not the same island as Desmond, I, I think. It, this is a, a, an island within view of, of the continent of, of Akhmati. So I could see where I needed to get to, and so so I, uh, with some debris that had washed up from the sh- from the ship, uh, th- this was after after the after the giant squid attack. Do you understand? Uh, and I and, don't understand. Uh, well, oh, oh, uh, you you had you had way more of a journey than I realized. I escaped the pirates because a a, a giant squid attacked. Uh, attack the pirate ships. Anyway, see. Uh, maybe maybe there was more than one. I don't know. It's so there's so many tentacles. And it's hard hard to be sure uh, when they're underwater. You understand, right? But but so I wound up on this island with a whole bunch of debris that had washed up from the ship, and I was the only survivor as far as I knew. And uh, there was this this tool chest that had somehow floated up on the beach, and and I um. With the tools in that chest, I was able to, to hammer together a raft that I then uh, used to get uh, across the water to to the mainland. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, that, that ship, I, I picked a rocky section of shore, so that, that raft got destroyed as well. But I survived, and, and, uh, and so I had hammers made with my name on it, because I... Uh, I felt uh, felt sort of, you know, I felt like I could I could handle them well, and and that they might be the weapons for me. And now I have this sword, so you, I guess you never know where where life will take you. All I know is that I was I was sent on this path by by a goddess. A goddess who gave you a shield. Yes. Where do you still have that shield? Ah, uh, no, it sank in the. F- First wreck, unfortunately. Oh, and but the Warhammers you still have. Uh I think Mist has them in his uh, in his bag. Yes. Because you are using the cursed sword. 
Yes. Right. Yeah, we're worried about me, but I think you're the one that needs to be worried about this whole sword thing. Ah, yes. Well, the sword, I I admit, I am a bit concerned about the sword, but I'm not sure what I can do at this point. It also probably is listening to everything that we're saying. Um, the sword is listening to us? Uh, uh, probably. I don't actually know how, if, if it just, uh, if it just communicates with me. Uh, uh, by, like, uh, brain communication or if it if it actually hears sound i i telepathy telepathy is the word you're thinking of oh telepathy telepathy yes telepathy yes uh so no i don't know how it communicates i suppose i could ask i'm not sure you want to talk to that sword any more than you have to seems to be making you evil or trying to at least this is a long pause, and Rotan says, You think it's making me evil? What? Have I done anything lately that that was evil? Well, I don't think so, but you keep talking about how it wants you to... It wants to drink blood from people. Oh, yes. Well, I it does really want that, yes. And I'm not, I'm not sure I can do anything about what it wants. Uh, but so far, it just talks to me. That's, that's it. And when I've healed you before, it's just not as effective. I think the sword, like, is absorbing necromantic energy. And that's usually a dangerous thing for swords to do. Ah, yes. Well, uh, yes, I've, I've read some of those stories. They do not end well. Uh, but I don't know what I can do, Devi. It's, it's, I've tried walking away from it before, and it's, it's, I want to use the word compulsion, but it's, it's more powerful than that. I can't get rid of it. Oh, well, I know that feeling. I've tried to get rid of my powers for years, and it never works. At some point, you just have to embrace it, right? I... But an evil sword, Devi. I mean, should I really be embracing an evil sword? Well, I've been calling it an evil sword because it wants to drink blood and it appears to be necromantic in some way, but I've come to the conclusion that necromancy is not really evil, per se. And so maybe the sword is just a sword that likes blood. That like A sword that likes blood. And necromancy. And necromancy. That isn't evil. Right. Because, I mean, how many times have you, like, made blood appear on the battlefield before the sword appeared, right? Well, I was wielding hammers before, so it was a different kind of wound. I suppose, yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a sword. I don't know how else I'm supposed to use it. Right. That's, but that's my point. So, like, since I've been here, we've killed a bunch of people, right? Uh, and Yes. So, and then that wasn't evil, right? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. I think they all deserved it. So as long as you only kill people that deserve it, and then the sword can drink their blood or their essence or whatever, that's not really any different from what I do or what anyone else in the party does whenever they kill someone, right? I suppose you're right. So you're saying that, that I could, that evil if used properly can be used for good. 
I think so. That's where I think the nature of good and evil breaks down. This is like, this is the journey that I've been on recently. And so sorry if I get all philosophical here, but like the things that everyone calls evil, it's just their opinion. You know, like I was called evil for a long time and it was because I do this, this necromancy thing, but necromancy is just like the inverse of healing. It's, it's the same thing. And it's, it's just because some people use it for bad things and more people use it for bad than good, then, then it's called bad. Like the action itself isn't the, the bad thing. It's how you use it. I don't know, does that make any sense? I think I'm beginning to understand. Yes. Right. So like, I get called a necromancer because I am, but people assume that I'm going to be killing them and raising their corpses as zombies or something. But that's not what I do. I'm a healer. So you can be you can be something that people call evil and still do good, right? Yes. Yes, I suppose you can. So yes. Maybe your sword's the same way. Huh. Interesting. That is interesting. I wonder. I want to know more about the sword. I'm feeling a lot better about this, actually. Oh, good. Yes. If I just use the sword for good, then I won't be corrupted by it. Yes. Excellent. Good. 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 I'm glad we had this talk. Me too. Ah, oh, but but Debbie, do do let me know if if you think of anything that I could do to. to help help uh, uh, any any way of healing or any place where there's somebody who might be able to help help you get healthier uh, your bones should not break when people squeeze them well maybe maybe buck but 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 not <laughs> not when Winley squeezes them yeah I guess maybe I overreacted with Winley because she's so tiny maybe she wouldn't have broken them anyways but yeah I, I don't know how how else to help like i think I, I found my solution which is to just infuse myself with magic every day and it's fine but beyond that like i don't know, like healing doesn't work i want to try and find a more permanent solution don't think this is sustainable maybe not it has been getting worse over time that is the definition of not sustainable <laughs> yes it is <laughs> She's, she's pondering that. <laughs> well, you know, other people have found solutions to encroaching death. Um, they are usually evil, but, you know, just like we were talking, maybe I can find a way to do that, but in a good way. Yes. Well, we'll keep our eyes open, and uh, uh, hopefully we can locate somebody who knows knows some things or has information that that can help us help us uh uh find a way that you don't have to perform that ritual every morning get you get you back up into into more fighting shape devi yeah if, if i could find some way to cast regular healing and not just necromantic healing i'd be uh, life would be a lot easier let's just say that Devi, it's never worked before. Devi, yes, I'm, I'm glad you're here with us, traveling with us. I am too. It was a fortunate turn of events. One of the three buildings happens to be, like, sort of like a general store, but more for travelers and adventurers. So there are weapons, and there are actually some healing potions, and there are supplies, rope, and tents, and other such stuff you may need on a journey. So, 
behind the counter, there are shelves with just filled uh, floor to ceiling with supplies, uh, backpacks and rope and grappling hooks and crampons and saddles and like uh, bits and bridles and just scraps of leather. I mean, literally almost anything you could want or need for a journey. And in the middle of the counter, the back wall is a curtain. It's just a red velvet curtain, which is drawn. It seems faded with time, but still in decent shape. And so you ring the bell, and a moment passes. And then another moment passes, and then a man walks out, who's short, not quite so short as Winley, but not quite so um, tall as Debbie. And he is stout, with thinning blonde hair, and green eyes, and you get the sense that maybe at one time he was handsome, but not so much anymore. And he leans down, he smiles at you. Yes, my friends, what can I get for you? Um, yes, hello. Um, if you wouldn't mind, um, to fill up these, um, these vials and bottles here, um, with acid. Um, as you can see, um, they're all, uh, coloured glass, uh, covered from the various gemstones I collect. Oh, these are very fancy bottles. Would you like to sell one of them? They would be very valuable. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Um, I would really just love them to be filled with the acid I see behind me, please. I just meant to say, to point out the colors so they don't get confused with my friends here, who, um, has, a uh, her own, um needs with her bottles. Okay, that's alright. I'd gladly do that. Um, any specific kind of acid? Oh, well, please tell me. All the kinds of acid you have. And the, and give... Well, I have sulfuric acid and I've got some hydrochloric acid (laughs) and... Over here is nitric acid. I think those are all my acids. Well, I have, as you can see, I have 50 bottles in front of you. Why don't you divvy them up? 50? Yeah, that's a lot of acids. Well, yes, of course. Well, that's why I'm going to pay you very well for your labor. Okay, um, hold on. I need to get my gloves and my goggles, you know, safety first. Um, what about you, young lady? What can I get for you? Do you want acid, too? Uh, no, I think my friend will be well-stocked for acid. I'll just borrow some of hers if she's okay with that. of course. Um, I mostly just wanted to see, like, if you had other sorts of alchemical supplies. Um, how exotic do do they get over here? Well, I've got sulfur, and I've got chalk. And I've got a book on various runes for sacred circles. Sulfur Um, and chalk, huh? Okay. I've got candles. Is that not alchemical or I get confused? No, candles are just fire. Okay. I see that you're an acid specialist um, and I'll just let you tend to my friend here. (laughs) I'm more of a generalist. I've got... um, I've got some armor. You're... It's pretty good, and I've got birds. Well, seed. hello, um, me, uh, me again. Why don't we just focus on the acid, and um, we'll um, while you fill those um 
bottles and uh, bottles up. Um, we'll just take a look at your fine wares and uh, make the, a decision for ourselves. So that'll be 25 gold pieces per flask. And um, <laughs> I looked at the uh, alchemical supplies. I also have some herbs. I don't know if that qualifies. Maybe if they can give me some... Hmm. Let's see. Hold on. I already have... I have ether and true serum and torpor and dragon's blood and the no. I, I think I think I'm I'm more than well stuck. I've got belladonna here. Oh, I do like some, belladonna. Yeah. Some wolves bane. No, I like wolves. I don't know what that's used for, but it tastes good in a salad. Belladonna would be great. Thank you. Oh, okay, belladonna, and that's it for you. And fifty times twenty-five is. Hold on, let me get my abacus. Um, that's 1,250 gold pieces, if I'm correct. Oh, thank you. You're very clever. Yeah, I know. Well, um, according to um, my calculations here, I have a blue sapphire. She takes out a blue sapphire from her bag, hands it to Devi to put on the counter. Um, this will equal 1,000 gold pieces. And then she takes out a small... A uh, little bag made of leather. And in here, I have 250 gold pieces that I got from my parents. Sort of a bit of gas money, you could say. I do think this will suffice for the payment. Oh, okay, that works for me. And you know what? You can take, you can take the herbs free of charge. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for your generosity. Well, would you like, I have this free... Well, it's sort of a memento. It's kind of a, it, it's 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 a patch you can sew onto your cloak that said, "I shopped at the Carlton Masms Rest." It's not very catchy, but you know, it's I'm trying a bit of what the kids call marketing. Oh, <sighs> sure. Of course, yes, I'll do that for you. Perhaps I could sew it onto my eye patch here. <laughs> I won't, but I could. Um, I'll put it here on my on my pack, so um, when people see me from behind, they'll wonder where I got it. Oh, that'd be great. I'm very, very... Thank you, and, and thank you for shopping. This is the most I've sold in, well, quite some oh, time. wonderful. Um, could you give me a shopping bag to put my 50 bottles of acid in? I'll give you a whole leather pack just oh. for you, I think it should hold it. It's it's something called a an alchemical bag. I guess I probably should have said that was part of the alchemical supplies I have, but it holds you see there's a little pouch for each of the vials and so you can just put them all in there and hopefully if you should fall down or get pushed over they won't all spill out and, you know, kind of oh, kill you. How thoughtful of you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Anything else? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> uh, Devi, anything else? No, apparently all he has is chalk and crampons and four kinds of acids. Oh, well, so. I've got a lot here. No, I mean, Devi. look around. There's a lot of stuff all over the place. I'm just not sure what Devi. you're looking for. I, I meant, like, magical stuff. Devi. Oh, no, don't have any of the magic. Mm -hmm. I just... Mostly deal with traders who are making the journey between First Light or Sunsport and Sisha. Do you have any um? um do you have any uh, tea? Mm. Oh, 
Cole. Hi, sir. I didn't see you there. Hi. Yes, I'm here, Uh, apparently. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hello. Yes, I've got some tea. I've got got green tea, and I've got some, some of this other tea that came over from the southwest. It's called... Well, they call the cat's paw. They say it gives you really weird dreams. Oh, Ooh. that sounds interesting. How would you describe the flavor profile of, of cat's paw? Have you ever had oregano? Yes, I think so. It's kind of like drinking a, 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 a cup of hot oregano with um, sort of, uh, yeah, sort of a maybe mint aftertaste. Oh, okay. Um... Weird dreams, you say. Interesting. I'll take some of that. That sounds that sounds peculiar. And some of the green tea as well. Very good, sir. Thank you. Wonderful. How how much will that set me back if I if I take like um just like a like a sack of each, let's say. Small Oh, just one gold piece for the tea. It's very it, it's not terribly expensive. Wonderful. Thank you, my good sir. No, thank you. Thank all of you. I, I where are you headed anyway? You going over to first light? Yes. First light. That's where we're going. Heard wonderful things about good old first light. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Even though we are definitely going to first light, um, do any travelers that come through here ever go to maybe, let's say, some sort of castle in a lake in a uh, somewhere south of here? Does that is that a thing that exists? Theoretically. Yeah. In just, a hypothetical. I, it's, I heard a story once. Yeah. No, I've never heard anything like that. It's, um, nobody really goes to the south, you know. It's sort of kind of wasteland. Has been for like a thousand years. Um, Isn't that where the Order of Chaos is based, though? Order of what now? Order of Chaos. Never heard of no chaos. Don't get called for chaos around here. Just do like the order part, but no, don't, don't know much about that. Well, that's good to know, because it's definitely a story and not a place that we're going. Okay, if you say so. Um, So, yeah, if you go over to just head east and kind of then, once you hit the old um, Salt Road, you can take that north up to, um, you know, to First Light. Got to watch out for those First Cold people. They're kind of a little strange, but there's some good ones up there. The what people? I'm sorry. First Coal. Haven't you been to First Light before? She looks at Desmond. First light? Nope. Well, from what I know about it, which is very little, it's a city more known for its technological advances as opposed to its use of magic. It's a bureaucracy, really. Yeah, so if you go up there, just be sure that you don't run afoul of any of those flight code people because they have a lot of rules and they like someone to obey their rules. And... I don't much care for rules myself, so I'm here. Yes. Anyway, anything else that I can get for you? Not for me. I'm quite stocked. Yeah, I'm all set. All good. Thank you, sir. Okay, then um, have a good journey. Be safe out there. And if you're ever here again, you know, come stop by the cart. Come say hi. Yes, of course. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. 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 And you leave the shop. That guy is a lot of acid. Does anyone else find that strange? I don't find it strange at all. <laughs> he said he didn't like to follow the rules, so... I don't know. I don't know. A bit weird, but, um... There's one other building in this town. It seems to be set back from the others, almost as if it was trying to be on the outskirts of town. 
to the extent you can call three buildings a town. It's made of the same sandstone that the other two buildings are made out of. And there is a extremely faded sign that says Masm's Bridal. It's B-R-I-D-L-E, not B-R-I-D-A-L. <laughs> well, then never mind. No. Unless you think that there's a... Uh, <laughs> We're suddenly going to have a say yes to the dress episode. We already. Oh my had god! One of those I would love. I would hmm. love to in see Randy one. in this world. We had Randy. Oh, more or less. More or less. But, but Randy is a all powerful wizard. Everyone, before we move on, if you wouldn't mind if I quickly do some quality control of my acid, I just wanted to um, throw the three types at the ground just to see. Is that all right? And when I say all right, I'm going to do it. I just think you should back up. Is all. <laughs> <laughs> Ro- Rotan takes several steps back. Oh, can I do one? Please, please let you me are do an one. Evil little. T- t- go away. I know, but that's why you love me. I don't at all. You're just saying that. I know the truth. Well, you have fun with it. Anyway, um, is everyone back enough? You see, Tingles is not back at all. Tingles is just flapping in Honestly, the air next good. to you. Winley could care less. <laughs> about that (laughs) so i pick one of each of the three acids and so the first one that i throw is sulfuric acid and i throw it at the ground what do you throw it at how about this wooden board on top of rock on top of done or hear me out here I can summon a 45-pound dead animal, Ew. and you can throw acid at it. <gasps> Sorry, you can Even just better. summon a dead animal. <laughs> well, Create I mean, food and food. water. It might be cooked. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, right yeah. The food, the food would probably be a pretty good uh, approximation. Can you summon up an extra-large T-bone steak? Absolutely. A <laughs> 40-pound T-bone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I have to. I have to have room. I don't see I have to why have room not. Room for all three. <laughs> I need to have space for all three. Oh, gonna... <laughs> I'm sure Buck will have no problems with this whatsoever. It's going to fester so quickly in this sun. <laughs> the town is going to Whatever. So Winley would like to walk the 100 feet to the well. She has in her possession some sort of board for carving things in her tent, you know, for preparing meals. So I think she would access that. And put it on the edge of the well and turn to her cohorts as to who is going to have the 40-pound T-bone steak. Could someone produce the meat? Debbie will cast Create Food and Water and summon nine five-pound steaks. Wait, what? Oh, okay. No, then why don't you just summon three? (laughs) Just summon one for each vial. uh, So we can eat the others. I mean... (laughs) So we Fine. can eat the others. Do you have an icebox in your in your bag to keep them in? Why would I keep them? I'll just summon them oh, in tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, sure. So then just summon three now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have already nine. Forty-five pounds. I don't have any flexibility. Okay. All right, fine. Summon. Sounds good. Then, as a side effect, there's also thirty gallons of water just splashed in the sand. Okay. Well, Winley takes three. Oh, now that's and a waste. You all can divvy up the other six. <laughs> Winley takes the three, and this wooden board is bullshit because it's too small. So she puts it back. (laughs) (laughs) And she puts, well, yeah, she can, she asks someone, she asks Buck 
to place the three stakes on the edge of the well because it's just a little bit too much for her. Excuse me, Buck. Would you mind putting these um, three nine-pound stakes on the edge of the whale for me? I'm assuming this isn't cow. Uh, we'll say it's goat for, you know. No, it's cow. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> I promise All right. no, no <sighs> cows were harmed in the making of these steaks. They are magical steaks. You don't understand how steak works, do you? I, I understand when I summon it out of thin air that it didn't come from a cow, I don't think. Yeah, is that? I don't think that's a little bit of a problem. Yes, were these chemically engineered? Wait, are we not going to acknowledge the ethical quandary that is me putting meat of... You know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm not going to argue. And he just I mean, puts it... I've done worse things with dead humans, but... Anyways, that is not um... the argument that you want to be making right about now. Wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. It didn't sorry, even sorry. occur to me because I was too much in my own mind that this might be a bit offensive for you. I'm sorry. Would you like me to ask someone else? Well, I'm I'm doing it. Just well, I'm not going to do this okay, again. Everyone, make note. Buck will never lift up meat again. Oh, now that that's settled, I'm now going to do my quality control. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Why did I do this? <laughs> I'm so sorry. So you. Take each vial of acid and you pour a bit on each of the pieces of meat. And it works how you expect. It um, dissolves through the flesh and it bubbles and sizzles. And it's really kind of gross. Some people may find it interesting. Others may not. But it all definitely does seem to work as expected. It does not work as well or as quickly, maybe, as Windley's mm-hmm. special acid, but it does work. And you think that it's going to do the job. Well, everyone, that's all I really wanted to do. Um, it all works out perfectly. Thank you for coming to the show. I'm done now. And she um, sort of shimmies up to the edge of the well and puts on a glove and tosses what the remains are of the meat into the well. Ushan almost disappointed. Mist is just chewing on a steak. Everyone, I I think it would be smart and really quite kind if we put the meat up. We do have someone that is um, well made of it. Well, I guess you could say we're all made of it, but... (laughs) We're we're all made of it, I can guarantee you. I know! I'm just saying it is important to be courteous, except for Rodon, of our fellow cohorts. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm not letting this go to waste. I'm confused. It's fine. I really am sorry. Really am. No, it's... It, I know it wasn't intentional, so... so what Mist is doing now is intentional. My intention is to not be hungry. This whole mess was my fault, and I'm so sorry. We should move on. Davy, you should lead the way. Since you have that sensation in all. Right. Off we go. You begin your journey. You don't head due south. Buck guides you more east-southeast towards the salt road and towards the coast. Because once you get to the coast, traveling will be much easier and you'll be on a road of sorts. You spend another two days 
on the road, and eventually you reach the coast and the Great Salt Road. And the Salt Road is not a road like the roads of the West. It is not well-maintained or well-traversed. But you can see at one time there was a road that ran along the coast of the continent. You find yourselves on the Great Salt Road, which runs on top of cliffs, and beneath the cliffs, 75, 100 feet down, the eastern sea crashes into the rocky shore. You hazard a glance back to the north, and you see far, far in the distance, dark clouds, and the occasional flash of what you think or assume seems to be purple lightning in the sky, but it's so far away and so out of your way that you don't really pay it any mind. It's a curiosity and one of the few unique things that you've seen on this journey through another wasteland. You begin the journey south, stopping every evening. The temperature here is much cooler. It's much more mild. You can travel during the day, sleep at night. It's the most comfortable journey you've had in some time. Eventually, the coast begins to drift away from the road, and you find yourself walking through a vast, empty plain. There's a thin layer of sand over a hard ground, and it blows in a listless wind that crosses the plain. You begin to notice that the ground is crossed with heavy, dark lines, as if something was burned into the earth itself, and that these lines cross randomly, across mile after mile. Occasionally you see a rock outcropping. And when you get closer, you see that it is not rock, but the ruins of a building, a wall, an arch, something that's been broken for thousands and thousands of years. This whole land seems scarred somehow, as if something happened here so very long ago. The time itself almost seems to have forgotten. You continue the journey. The ground in front of you begins to rise. The vast open plain gives way to hills. The small hills give way to larger hills, rocky outcroppings. You see scrub brush and the first vegetation you've seen in quite some time. You find yourselves climbing one of these hills as this faded path, this faded road seems to lead you through this emptiness to somewhere. You find yourself on a large plateau, and before you, you see what looks like a ruined city, or the last dying bits of one. The occasional stone wall, a crumbled roof, the arm of a broken statue. Something was here a long time ago, and now it's gone, lost in time. Devi, that sense that's been pulling you forward, it's grown stronger. It's You're having difficulty resting. You're becoming restless. You're so very close. And you can see rising in the distance the familiar form of a volcano. Aha! That's it. That's the place we gotta go. Quickly, quickly. Given the actual urgency, given that we are concerned about Endu's progress, we're concerned about preparations in tier, should we be too slow? I feel like it is very reasonable to think that while on this journey, we would be spending some time trying to communicate with Sudal just for, like, updates. It's something that we would do. There are things that we could be doing on this journey 
to prepare ourselves to try and outfit ourselves with knowledge, whether it's studying whatever resources we have and... If nothing else, just to check in and make sure everything's still okay. (laughs) I mean, the world hasn't ended, so right there, that's a good sign, but... Each night, you're communicating with Suldal, and the updates you get is that she is preparing for the worst. She has met with the High Solar. She has met with the Council. She has tried to marshal the forces that she can. She has reached out to what members of the circle remain. She has called them back to Tyr to try to formulate some other plan to try to see what their resources are should it come down to some sort of last stand. So she is making preparations should the worst case scenario come to pass. As for Endu, if you have tried to scry again, when you have, you see that he is back on his ship. And he is at sea. We would, of course, relay that to Sildal as well. You make your way through this wasteland of a ruined, forgotten city that somewhere there's some archaeologist who dreams of such a find. But for some reason, this area of the world just feels forgotten. If Silway was there, I would say do a history check. Actually, Desmond, give me a history check, Desmond. Whoa. Uh, 15. Okay, Desmond, the whole time you've been walking through it, you've been feeling a little on edge. At night, when you've paused to rest, you become fascinated by all of the scarred black lines you've been crossing in the desert. Lines that don't seem natural. They seem too perfect to have just happened. And you've bent down and placed your hand over them. And as you've done so, you've felt this odd vibration, almost like that feeling of static electricity. This place still carries some sort of arcane charge. And one time as you were doing this, something came back to you. A distant memory of a lesson learned long ago. You have this odd memory of sitting in a classroom, half paying attention to a lecture as you stared out the window and watched birds jump from branch to branch. Such a peculiar memory. But you remember something about Dira Moranen, about a betrayal, and about a civil war within the Tyran army. And as you stand back up from examining the black mark, you think this must be the place. The ground, the earth itself still bears those scars, and the memory still lingers thousands of years later. Mm. So the group of you leave the road and cross this ruined, forgotten city. It's not even really a city. It's just rocks, relics, shards of a forgotten world. And you cross through the valley, and you begin to follow a path which climbs up the slope of the volcano. Around you, there's vegetation. There are birds. It's the first sign of life you've seen in forever, really. And soon enough, you've reached the top, and you come to the crest of the crater, and you look out at this wondrous sight below. Within the crater is a lake. In the center of the lake is an island. And on the island is less a castle, but more a palace and wondrous grounds sprawling out around it. From here you can see vineyards and a small little forest You see a garden with trimmed hedges, benches for contemplation. You see a pier attached to part of the palace and an elaborate 
Baroque boat moored at its pylons. And before you, you see a path leading downwards between trees of a natural world that has grown up in this crater. And at the end of the path, you see a dock and you see a boat moored as if waiting for you. Aha! Finally! I've been seeing this for weeks now and I could finally find it. Everyone on the boat, come on. Come on, come on, come on. This is one hell of a caldera then. To have an island that's like got forests and vineyards and all that inside of it. Yeah, it's big. The okay. whole thing is mm-hmm. is big. The island itself is big. And by when I say forests, maybe woods is is okay. probably the better thing. It's not like you know miles and miles and miles, but it's... but I mean this this is this isn't like the spit of rock upon which somebody built their castle. No. This is like no 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 no. Are we talking? Volcanic explosivity index five or six like that? I had been thinking maybe cinder cone. I am leaning towards full on strato with a collapsed caldera. Yeah. Like yeah, this I is agree. yeah. I agree. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it's off the scale. Whatever you're imagining, it's bigger. Devi is eagerly hopping onto the boat. Devi, as you take a step down into the caldera, the feeling that has been with you for days, if not week now that has been pulling you forward disappears. Oh, hey. It's gone. Oh, God. My mind is finally still. It's interesting. I imagined fire and magma and volcano for some reason. Sorry, I I, I assume this is exactly what I saw, right? Yes, this is very much. You feel that you've arrived. It's just now that you've come here, everything is so much more vivid and it's warm and it's humid. And you look in the trees around you and you see songbirds in elaborate, wild, vivid colors jumping from branch to branch. Hmm. You hear other animals hooting and hollering that in this caldera is its own cradle of life. You descend the slope, you arrive at the dock, and you see the boat sitting there once again as if placed for you. Debbie is heading towards it just less eagerly and quickly than she was before. Come on, everyone. Come on. Come on. This is the place. You need to go. The group of you climb on board the boat. And as you do so, you notice that the boat isn't actually tied to anything. And as all of you step into the boat and look around for some way to propel it, the boat begins to move under its own accord, pushing through the waves, heading straight for the palace. The breeze on the lake feels amazing. It's neither too hot nor too cold. It's like the perfect summer's day. And you all close your eyes, just feeling the sun and the breeze and listening to the waves against the side of the ship. And soon enough, you're at the island and the palace looms ever larger. And you see the grounds spread out before it and the walls that seem to be fortified as if protecting the palace from something, but yet... You have no idea from what, as there seems to be nothing else for hundreds of miles in any direction. The boat pulls up next to the pier, leans against it, and stops for you to disembark. Debbie will take the lead again and just disembark and start heading up the pier. You head up the pier. You find yourselves on a vast dock, which maybe at one time was used for loading and unloading vast amounts of, I don't know, cargo or troops or... Who knows what? It's really tough to tell. This all seems very strange. You pass beneath a series of arches into the palace proper or into the palace grounds. 
As you do so, it becomes dark, as if you're in some sort of tunnel. Your eyes take a moment to adjust, or for those who have dark vision, no time at all. And you find yourselves in a corridor, passing beneath the palace. And ahead of you, you see an enormous set of double doors. Have we seen any sign of occupation? I was just going to ask that. You have not. But well-preserved, you said this place was. Yes, but you have not seen anybody. I don't think that would bother Rotom, but it bothers me. (laughs) Everything right down to the gold paint on the hinges to the door seems to be perfect. Are there like potted plants or anything that indicates someone was here recently? Like food sitting on tables? You're still in, not quite an undercroft, but you're beneath the palace proper in some sort of entry tunnel. Okay. As you look up, you notice that there are holes near the roof, which you're guessing probably would be used to pour boiling oil down on those who are not welcome. Can we hear anything? Give me a perception check. Can I use the Miranda's bequest? Mm. Sure. Oh, that's right. It does have that, doesn't it? Wow, I don't think we've ever used this before. Yeah, I think I've done it like once or twice, but a long time ago. Like back on Starge's Island, I want to say. First perception is an 18. Second is a natural 20 for a 25. Desmond, you hear coming from the other side of the doors. As if it sounds like it's still a bit ways off, you hear voices, people calling to one another. You hear people crying out in pain or moaning. Oh, um, there, there seems to be some kind of um, uh, not goodness coming from the other side of the door. Uh, people crying out. Um, pain. Rotan draws a sword. Like torture pain? Or... Uh, hard to tell, but uh, signs of distress. Mist gestures for Rotan to the door is yours and uh, readies the green staff on his own. Rotan kicks the door open. Would anyone like extra hip? Oh, oh shit, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rotan kicks the door open and what you see in front of you is... Carnage may be too strong a word. You find yourselves in a courtyard, and you see that on the other side of the courtyard is a similar set of double doors, but these double doors have been smashed open. You see scattered around the interior of the courtyard, right by the double door, are several corpses that look fresh. The interior of this courtyard in the four corners are ornate hedges and and gardens where once there were these potted plants holding, well, I guess the plants that are now scattered on the ground in front of it, as if somebody went through smashing every single one of them as they tore through here. The trail of destruction seems to lead to the right, into the heart of the palace itself. So, screaming, you said. Yes. There's no one one alive out here? Not in the courtyard, no. Wow. And Matt, you continue to hear the sounds if you're still using the horn. It seems to be coming from the interior of the palace. Yes, it's, it seems we've, we've just missed something. Um, more screams coming from the interior, beyond the doors. Let's see, how, let's see how much we missed it by. And Debbie will examine the corpses to see how recently they uh, died. <laughs> Give from me a medicine check. <laughs> Which check? Medicine. Medicine. Okay, apparently Debbie can't tell <laughs> recently these died. The blood is still wet, I will tell you that. Okay, that's good enough. <laughs> the corpses feel warm, but you can't tell if it was five minutes or five hours. 
I guess five hours they probably would have cooled down. But regardless, not too much time. And do we know how they died? Yes. You look at the corpses and you see that they have been slashed with some sort of weapon. And you see one of the corpses is charred. Mm-hmm. And you're getting that sort of acrid smell of smoke and burned flesh. Maybe we should ask these guys what happened. Or we can go find out for ourselves and maybe have a chance to save more people. I'd hate to be late. Rotan uh, starts heading for the other doors. What is wrong in the world that I'm agreeing with Rotan and Mist is behind him? (laughs) Group of you start heading towards the other doors. To your right, or to the right of the door that you came in, are what you're guessing were once enormous elaborate glass doors with gilded iron frames that have been smashed to bits. There's broken glass all over the interior of the foyer. The foyer itself is enormous, three stories tall, with an enormous staircase spiraling upwards on the left wall. The floor itself is black and white, marbled tile. It is covered with broken glass. You see there are more dead bodies in the foyer itself, all bear similar wounds as the ones in the courtyard. So you really want to go confront this thing? It's murdering rooms full of people. Um, I believe this is the Order of Chaos you were so eager to seek out. Are you sure? I'm not sure it is. (laughs) I don't know. I think this is pretty chaotic. But it's not very orderly. They're kind of both. Is anyone still alive or is everyone dead? Everyone is dead that you've encountered so far. If I if I look around and I go up to like some of the bodies, is anyone still living? No. No, they are they are definitely dead. In this room there's the grand stair that is leading you upwards. Along the walls there are various paintings, there are statues. It looks like the entrance to, literally to a palace that you would go into. I don't know how often you frequented palaces, but the air is very regal. Desmond, mm. which way did you hear the screams from? Um, let me let me listen. Let me see if I can hear. Um, <laughs> what what do on. your old man ears hear? <laughs> <laughs> they're coming from deeper inside the palace. They sound like they're a little up above you, but deeper in. So, uh, up the stairs would probably be the best way to get there. Up the stairs. Okay. Rotom's deeper within. Gonna, Rotom's gonna start running hmm? up the stairs. We should find out what we're facing, though, first, shouldn't we? Rotan sprints up the I stairs. I guess not. <laughs> as Devi protests. <laughs> and you find yourself in a great hall that seems to span the entire length of the palace. On the side, you see arched windows, the same arched windows that look out over the lake and over the caldera in the distance. On the interior, there are also arched windows that look out on a well-maintained garden, which seems to fill a central courtyard in the palace. As you make your way down the corridor, you pass several more dead bodies. And for the first time, you encounter something unusual. Amongst the bodies, you find a five-foot-tall, humanoid, reddish-orange salamander. And next to its corpse... You see there are two scimitars. Probably still everyone's dead, but Desmond would be... Every time we go somewhere new, Desmond would just be checking to make sure everybody is, like, dead or just unconscious. If there's any life left in anybody. They are all dead. You, you check once again as you go, and they are all dead. 
Roton's going to keep rushing ahead. Uh, doesn't mean everybody else needs to rush ahead, but if if there are people actively dying, he is going to try and figure out where they are. See if either speed that process or stop it, depending on what exactly is happening given mist's objectives here and the fact that he is after knowledge that might be incinerated or lost with the wrong person being offed mist is also following follow the two of you or all of you how about we do this how many people are following roton and mist uh winley's following mist but fair enough (laughs) debbie (laughs) debbie is less concerned about imminent murder um, and she wants to quickly cast Speak With Dead. She can't restrain her curiosity any longer. You stop to cast the spell. One of the corpses of a young woman, dark hair, who was, well, still is very beautiful, but is now sadly lifeless, says, The fire lizards. Fire lizards. And she glances at the dead salamander. And then I assume everyone else has run off ahead, so she's going to run to catch up with them. Debbie stops to do that. Meanwhile, for those of you rushing ahead... You come to the end of the hall, and the doors ahead of you have been forced open and are hanging off their hinges, and the glass once again is shattered all over the interior of the palace. And you find yourselves in an impressive-looking throne room, the same black-and-white marble tile, high windows, tall statues in the four corners, a carpet which leads up the center to a raised dais, and a throne on top of it. But none of that is what you're really looking at. For in front of the throne, standing in the midst of half a dozen dead fire lizards, is a tall man with very distinguished dark hair. You've seen him before, a week before, in the tomb of Drelatar. You see him rear back, and in his hand, there is a purple-black orb of chaotic dark magic. He flings it forward into... A group of four fire lizards, which stand in front of him, their weapons at the ready, swinging wildly, trying to take him down. The orb explodes with a crackle of necrotic energy. The fire lizards fall. He turns to face you. You recognize him as Alfie Rowe. (laughs) He offers you a half smile, coughs, raises his hand, and says... Welcome to the Order of Chaos! And then he collapses. Desmond, uh, run up to him. And if there, I mean, assuming there's still some life in him, we'll cast Spare the Dying. Yes, there is. He seems alive, just unconscious. Okay. You see along the edges of the room, dozens and dozens of corpses. Some human, some orc, some lizard man. You see a tiefling, and you see dozens of fire lizards. And mixed in, huddled together, or leaning up against the wall, you see scores of injured, some dying. I'll immediately go to the ones that are still alive and cast Spare the Dying on any that I can get to in time. Are there any signs of additional salamanders, or... You don't see any, but you see in the rear of the throne room, there is another set of doors that have been busted open, which open out onto the garden. I'm going up. I'm going to go get closer and investigate. I'm going with mist. All right, you come to the entrance of the garden, and you see that sections of the garden have been trampled 
by something. Whether it be... Well, give me an investigations check. <laughs> oh. I rolled a three. I rolled a 13. Once you get off the path, between some broken bushes and more toppled pottery, you find footprints of what looks like a large, two-legged lizard. And as you look around the garden, you see more and more of these. Are these humanoid creatures, or are they like... Um, they are humanoid creatures. Humanoid creatures. As if those humanoid creatures were probably riding something. Are they going in off in any particular direction? Yes, they head off towards the northeast. I mean, looks like they went that away. Like a cliche, but whatever. How can you tell? Because uh, the toes are pointing that way. Oh, brilliant. I guess Roton will start heading in that direction. Mist is following. And what's everyone else doing? Desmond is going to make sure he can get to as many people as he can uh, to, to save. But this time, Debbie, you've caught up with everybody else, and you come upon this scene as I have described it. You guys, it was fire lizards. Oh, you probably figured that out already. Uh, and then she will she will go help Desmond. If there's, if there's people injured, she wants to go heal them. Yes, there are people injured all over the room. Okay, then she will do her best to um, heal however she can. Debbie, as you enter the room, and as you look around, and you look at all the people huddled in the corners and sprawled out on the floor and trying to help one another, you see that they are all dressed in the robes of the Order of Chaos. A robe that you once had hmm. somewhere. When you say there's people, like how many people? Dozens. Alive? I mean, think of the, ad, the aftermath of a battle. Like there are people everywhere. And dozens still alive. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the aftermath of quite a battle okay. in this place. And so there are, are dead, there are dying, there are injured. Do they look like they're like soldiers or have combat capabilities or do some of these look like commoners or they look like students they look like oh, yeah. wizards they look like and as you look around the room you see that the throne room is marred with blasts of arcane energy and cracked tiles and it seems like the battle at hand was very much sword versus spell mm. the way Debbie would approach this healing effort. It'd be to find people who are very close to death um, and then find people who are not and see if she can sort of <laughs> shift uh, healing energy from one group to the other. Okay. I don't know how well it plays out mechanically, but that's that's the idea. That's how she would approach this. Like, you're healthy enough to spare some energy for this person. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so she's shifting life energies around. I'm sure borrowing from herself at times to help yeah, absolutely people. and desmond is doing his own to heal people around the room uh what about you winley and buck what are you up to i have followed mist as well okay <laughs> not to be confused <laughs> with roton <laughs> hmm. incidental <laughs> and buck i think buck is gonna hold back and be sentry for our group inside. So Buck is standing on guard in case one of those creatures is not quite dead or more show up. Yeah. Great X at the ready. Winley, Mist, and Rotan. The three of you followed the trail of destruction through the garden and into a set of double doors on the other side. And you find yourselves in another part of the palace. And all of it is very opulent and well-maintained with marble floors and beautiful paintings and, and statues and suits of armor and and all sorts of weird arcane knickknacks and 
relics and artifacts and other stuff scattered everywhere, but you're not really looking into all of this because you're too busy chasing whatever just tore through here. And you find yourselves in the rear of the palace, outside of another gate, and into the forest. It's a light forest. You can still follow the trail very easily because they're going for speed, not for stealth. And you follow it through the underbrush and across the north side of this island. It doesn't take you too long to get here. The, the island's not that big. And you look out into the lake and you see swimming away is a group of maybe three dozen fire lizards, many of whom are riding on top of what looks like, well, for lack of a better word, look like small dinosaurs. And they're about half a mile away at this point, almost to the other side of the lake. Are they heading back towards the side that we came from? Or no, they they're heading going... towards the opposite side. Mist, do you know who these jokers are? No clue. Mm. I mean, maybe fire lizards, right? I feel like we've seen... Wait, we saw one of these before, didn't we? Or am I conflating that with a side adventure? <laughs> Does Winley um, have any insight on what exactly they are? No, none of you have seen these before. Mist, from what you can tell from where you are, the creatures that they are riding remind you very much of that shadow raptor that you saw. Oh, back in the shadow realm. Back in the shadow realm. No, my <laughs> God. <laughs> good times, Whoa. good times. Rotan runs into the lake in oh, pursuit. That is a core <laughs> fucking memory. And when I say that, I mean a core hatred <laughs> for someone. <laughs> Gosh. Wow, I haven't thought about Dan in a minute. <laughs> and there's nothing obvious on the other side of the rim that they're headed towards, yes? Like a No, you don't see like a village. Yeah, no, you don't see anything airship. like that. No. <laughs> a sign that says exit this way. <laughs> when you say fire lizard like they're not actively burning. No, 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 they're not. Yes, the kind of orangish red that kind of reminds you of the color of lava. Well, should I go after them? I don't think we're going to catch up to them from here. Ha! Huh. Maybe you won't be able to catch up to them. How fast can you swim? I don't have to swim. I can walk. What? He points to the side of his neck. Gills! Yeah, but okay. But you're walking underwater. How Okay, how fast can you run underwater? I don't know. Never, never really tried. I don't... It's, much as I would love to, I don't think we're going to catch them. They're on some kind of, I don't know, it looks like little shadow mounts. Oh, I should say that the, the the mounts are the same coloring as the the, the salamanders. Oh, they just kind of look yeah, like They them. remind you of the shadow, but, but they are actual. the same, like, very colorful reddish-orange. They're on some kind of swimming mount. I don't know if you're going to run faster th- run faster underwater than those things are going to swim. And even if you can, I can't. That makes you that sends you out there alone. So, no, we're not doing that today. Drat. We'll figure out what the folks inside can tell us about him, and then maybe we go hunt him down proper. Roll into their house, smash their shit. Ooh. It's exciting. <laughs> I mean, unless Winley you think you can huck an acid vial that far. My acid is precious. So let's not waste it. Yeah, I didn't mean it seriously. Yes, I, I know. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> the three of you stand at the shore watching this band of invaders swim to the other shore. Shake your fist harder, boy. <laughs> Back in the palace itself, Buck, you're standing on guard for something, anything, to emerge out of a side corridor, one of these things to raise its head, or who knows what's next. When beside you, you hear a soft groan. Oh, oh, that hurt my head. And beside you, Alfie Rowe looks up. Oh, you've made it. It is good to see you. Sorry about the mess. Kind of regret not getting here sooner. Yes, I see what you mean. It is, well, surprising. Would you mind helping me to my feet? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And Buck will lean down and... He more picks up the guy than helps him stand himself up. You pick him up and he takes several breaths and begins to look down at his robe and it's tattered and torn and there's blood stained on it and singed in places. And Oh, that will not do. And he waves his hands and casts prestidigitation and the robes clean themselves. Wow, that's handy. Uh, shouldn't you like me to spruce you up some? I would, but also there is so much suffering here. No, no, I'm I'm fine. I can spruce myself. Um, what exactly happened? I know it was fire lizards, but oh yes. Um, ha! Huh. Wait, no, no, it can't come with me. And he turns with a flourish and begins to run across the throne room beckoning you to follow him. Oh, all right, we're, we're moving. Debbie and Desmond, you see, you see Alfie. Well, you hear all of this because Alfie is not quiet. And you see him starting to sprint across the throne room with Buck at his heels. Are you going to follow or are you going to continue your healing work? How stable does the healing work seem to be? You're doing well, but there are still many more who could use your attention. I mean, if there's still people that need to be like stabilized like on the brink of dying like i'm staying here i think, I think debbie would too yeah if, 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 if leaving would result in people dying then she'll stay here yeah same okay then um buck you follow alfie out of the throne room and across a side hall and, and all these halls are very similar with a lot of natural light coming in and glass windows on either side and you look to your left and you see off this particular hall is another courtyard, and in the center of it is an enormous statue of a woman in fine armor and holding a halberd looking off into the distance. Wait, Alfie doesn't stop for this. He keeps running to the other side of the corridor. And there are another set of the double leaded glass doors that have been smashed open. And you find yourselves in an enormous chamber with a great domed ceiling. And the roof of the dome itself is mosaic tile depicting a battle and a coronation, other things from a time long ago. The room itself is round. On the side walls are shelves with various books and objects, more arcane objects, things you don't quite understand. In the center of the room is a single plinth. Alfie runs forward and he stops in front of the plinth. No! Oh, no! No, they couldn't have... Oh, no! All right, buddy. 
It's all very melodramatic. I'm gonna need some nouns if I'm gonna figure out what's gonna happen here. They stole it! They stole the tr- Oh, they stole the treasure! They stole her library! What would the fire lizards want with her library? Can they even read? It is... Oh, oh no! No! And he begins to openly weep. And Buck's just gonna pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, confused, but sympathetic, nonetheless. The library is... It is... It was... Our greatest treasure. In it held all the secrets of Trelatar. Why did they take that? It's not shiny, it's not... Look around you is all sorts of other shiny things. That's all they like is shiny things. But they took it. Why? And he turns to you, Buck. And he reaches up and he grabs you. Oh. Why did they take it? Buck is gingerly going to grab Alfie's shoulders and kind of force him to put his hands down. (laughs) All right. It's okay. I'm sorry. I, I I got away from myself. It's all right. I understand. Everybody gets emotional. This is a distressing time. You were just attacked and ransacked. But it's okay. And we'll see about what we can do to get it back. Now, is there anybody who could possibly want that library bad enough to send fire lizards in for it? Oh, I don't know. I don't think it was that. I think they just... You see... The fire lizards, and they're not really lizards. They're more sort of a volcanic newt, if you will. And mm. they believe in this their god. And, and, and they believe their god lives deep within the volcano. And the god needs shiny things to return. So the newts is sort of a rite of passage. Go on these raiding expeditions for shiny treasure and... You can't reason with them. They're just, well, they're not very nice. And they just, but they haven't come here in years, decades. Why would they come here now? Well, I don't know from fire lizards, but it seems important. It is important. All of the secrets of Trelatar are in that library. So could they possibly be using any of them secrets to get their Oh, I doubt it. They're not very bright. I doubt they could ever get into the library. What is the library exactly? Oh, the library is one of Trelatar's greatest, greatest contributions to magic. You see, she wanted to hide all of her work away from prying eyes, so she created this sort of, I guess you could call it her own special plane of existence, if you will, a sort of demi-plane, and in it is a great workshop where she she has the most marvelous of of magical arcane knowledge, and and that is well, that is the source of the teachings of the Order of Chaos. Oh, and it's all in this medallion thing, so it's very, very portable, and you can hide it and put it in your pocket, and it's, it's, it's really rather useful, but... So when I say library, I really mean medallion. So, is the medallion shiny? Oh, yes, it is. Very shiny. <laughs> yeah, right, there you go. Uh, they just saw the shiny thing. <laughs> but look, the, everything is shiny. That's shiny. This is shiny. Look, look at my keyring. It's shiny. You go, I'm not a baby. It's all right. All right, now, this sounds pretty important, and not just... It is the most important. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I'm completely on board. 
I'm gonna ask a question that my comrades are gonna be a little bit pissed off that I done asked, so what's it gonna take to get this thing back? Well, I believe that you will have to go deep into the lair of the volcanic newts. And you will probably have to fight through them because they do not negotiate, they do not talk. And there, at the heart of the lair, in front of their god, I don't think it's a real god, but maybe a statue or some sort of something, you will find it. Along with a bunch of other shiny things, I should imagine. And are you going to be safe while we're gone if we go do that? Oh, yes. I think that I'll be fine. I'll just triple the guard and put up wards and confess we probably became lazy here. We haven't had visitors for, oh, about seven years. Who were the last visitors? Norm and Patricia Anderson. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Glad to know they're not important. (laughs) So, like, ordinary names. But I remember their names. Seven years later. Norm and Patricia. (laughs) Fuck. Oh, my God. That's the noble name of the Andersons. <laughs> A long line of noble people. Mr. Norm Anderson. <laughs> Patricia. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> to be fair, I did ask. Um, alright. Let me go talk to my friends. We gotta see what's going on. Let's regroup. Yes, I will clean up here. It's most terrible. And he begins to like wait just a second to make sure he's not going to burst into tears again. He he has found some sort of inner resolve, and the the tears seem to be drying and fading away. And he is—he's put his mind to purpose, and he is beginning to. You see him waving his hand and mending various bits of furniture and straightening up. Buck's going to return to Debbie and Desmond. You return back, and Devi and Desmond, between the two of you, you've managed to get most everyone back to their feet, or at least stabilized. And some of the healers amongst the group of the the Order of Chaos have begun to heal one another. So you're feeling good about your efforts, and and you think that you can step away now, uh, and they'll be okay. Devi looks ragged after this effort. Like, she has put a lot of her own uh, life energy into this 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 effort so she's looking a little, a little more haggard than usual desmond i think that's everyone uh, Are you okay? yes Do yes you have any, any magic left at all i i'm doing pretty good uh that's just a cantrip for me so oh, <laughs> that's right you have all. real magic ah uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tired, but but I'm all right. How are you? Are you 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 look um. I could use a nap and a few rituals, uh. But other than that, uh, maybe we should find out where our friends went. Yes, um. I thought I saw uh Buck run off with with that um, that that fellow back from in Cisha. Alfie, yes. Yes, Alfie, Alfie Rowe. Let's go. Let's go find him. Um, let's let's find him. Yes. See if everything's all right run off in the direction that we saw Buck uh, chasing. Okay, you head in that direction, and as you're 
You enter the corridor that I described before, and as you do so, you see Buck coming from the opposite side of the corridor towards you. Ah, Buck. Well, um, them fire lizards, uh, they stole the library. The library? Which is apparent, yeah, it's apparently in a medallion, because magic reasons it's Ah, in there. Right, right, Um, yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah, so the lizards stole it because it was shiny, and they want to take it to their god to hopefully resurrect their their lizard god. And Alfie is proper distraught about it. I mean, I would be too. Oh my gosh. Hmm. We need to get that library back. Yeah, I kind of already offered to do that. Awesome. J- but, uh, if... Yeah, it's fine. We'll go get them. They're apparently... What did he call them? Volcanic newts. I'm assuming they live in the volcano. It's a reasonable, assumption. reasonable assumption. Yes, yes. Alright. Well, um, what happened to the rest of our group? Well, they took off out into the courtyard. Maybe we should go check on them. Knowing Rotom, they're probably fighting three dozen lizards right now. Well, they ain't fighting Norm and Patricia Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, who are they? Who? <laughs> Apparently they were the last people who done visited about seven years ago, so it, it's been a minute. Oh. I don't think many people have been here except for who live here. It's oddly specific. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> that he would remember their exact... I know, it exact... felt important, right? It felt it like... Fe- <laughs> it feels significant. It feels like we should... And yet so painfully mundane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because, like, he gave the names, like, we, like those would be names we'd recognize, yep. like, first... Like, we know them. And last names. It's it's very bizarre. I've never heard of them before in my life. <laughs> yes, we should probably go check on our, uh, um, our, uh, the rest of our, our group and see if everything's alright. Follow the clanking metal to find Rotan. Rotan, Mist, and Winley. Are you still at the shore, or have you decided to head back up towards the palace? I presume we've started to mm-hmm. head back. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Desmond, Devi, and Buck, you follow this trail of destruction leading out of the palace, and Mist, Winley, and Rotan, you retrace your steps back towards the palace, and the group of you come together in the garden. There you are. Is, is everything all right? Uh, the rest of the bastards made a run for it, or swim for it, They whatever. were too far. Hmm. What have you all been doing? <laughs> Having fun? Saving lives, I'll have you know. Well, that's fun. I got sobbed on. Sobbed? But on... Who sobbed on you? Alfie. So, uh, you do actually get a crack at those lizards, because we gotta go. Perhaps it's occurred to him that if he'd just let us in when we knocked, we would already be here and maybe none of this would have happened. We probably shouldn't mention that to him. Probably not. He seemed really upset that the fire lizards stole his library. They they stole his what? They, uh, fucking of course they did. The thing we yeah. need, it's moved the other castle. The one reason for coming all this way. Ugh. Like, they, they were carrying books? It's not the only reason. We also need to be initiated into the order. I, well, okay, look, <laughs> I I'm, literally I'm do not give said a fuck. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a cult. <laughs> I've said that before. Right, maybe that's just a personal goal. <laughs> and you are welcome to your personal goals. We do got to get that library back. The good news is it's very portable because it's all in a medallion. I'm confused. Is it a shiny medallion? Yep. Yeah, okay. You seem to know something about this mist. Yes. I mean, I just assumed they stole it because it was shiny. 
Why, why would you assume that? Do you know something about these lizards? Because we went down into a well and fought a gelatinous cube to get shiny objects. Oh, is it they're just like us? Literally, like, the whole conversation before we started recording was about how we're all big onto shiny things. Well, and Alfie did say that they tend to raid this place as some sort of initiation, right? Did he, did he say that? Yeah, he said that. Oh. So they must be, they should be better defended if it's a regular occurrence. It must not be too regular, because they ain't had nobody visit since Norman Patricia, so. Again with Norman Patricia. Since who? I know. I don't know why it's important, but it sure seems like it needs to be. That's a, it's a major time event for this island, apparently. It seems to have very large significance to these people. <laughs> it's I the fire lizards, and it's Norman I just Patricia. Don't understand. Do you, do you think I Norman a, a nineteen to see if I remember anybody named Norman <laughs> Patricia? <laughs> do you think Norman Patricia killed as many people as the lizards? Maybe that's why they remember. Rotan, you seem to recall <laughs> once flipping through. A travel book by a couple <laughs> nope. named Norman Patricia. Nope. Yes. Nope. Who traveled the continent and spoke about the pleasant dinners they had and the sights they saw. It wasn't a very well written book, and so it didn't really register too deeply with you, but the pictures were nice. Are you are you talking about the same Norman Patricia Anderson that wrote that travel guide? You know these people. <laughs> oh, yes, I read their book. Oh, so they're uh, they they are um, famous in a way. Well, I, I I suppose they had a book. Does that does that make one famous? Did the book mention fire lizards? Did the book mention fire lizards? Uh, no, it it did not. It was the most mundane book about pleasant places to eat and a lot about things to avoid like not going out at night in certain parts and how uh, norm especially had a very sensitive nose and and his allergies kept acting up in various parts and how this made things I, i'm bored just listening to it or by hearing about it what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> <laughs> uh Mostly, it was just uh, about what you could do if you had one day or two days or three days in various places. <laughs> Which always seems strange to me, because I feel like you could have just had the three-day section and then just left it at that. But they had to break it down. And anyway, I, I don't think it's important. <laughs> A lot of people have just died here. Well, we saved a bunch. Oh, that's excellent news. Uh, uh, and, and do, do we know where these fire lizards were heading? Have you managed to figure that out? Uh, they live deep under the volcano, according to Alfie. Well, all right. Um, did you see a, a volcano over there um, where they were heading? I, well, I mean, okay, I'm actually, gonna, I just realized yeah. what I said. Yep, <laughs> you heard it? <laughs> And it get, came out of my mouth, and I and like a second later, I was like, "Wait a second, Desmond, why? Desmond, why would you say this thing?" Uh, Desmond, I didn't see a volcano over there. <laughs> Thank you, Roton. That makes me feel makes me feel a little You're better. You're welcome. Always happy to help. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We got a couple of us who, or at least 
Debbie needs to rest. Very much so. So what we should do is rest and regroup, and then we're going to go hunt down these here lizards. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. I like this plan. Agree. We should rest. We should talk to the recruiters for the Order of Chaos. You have a great chat with them, okay? Fine. I'll talk to the recruiters. Maybe I'll give you a second chance. Perhaps if you go and, and find the library, they, you know. <gasps> yes. I like the way, yes. They have to let me in then. Right, put you back in their favor, you know, and two birds, one stone, that kind of thing. Desmond, are you saying that that this is all part of the initiation ceremony? That this is some expansive final test? That would be, um, very dark, if so. There are lots of dead people here. Yeah, they went to lengths. They were definitely dead. I cast Speak with Dead on one of the corpses, and it talked to me, so it was not an illusion. Definitely a dead body. Ah, great. No, not great. Will the Order of Chaos have the strength to rebuild? Will our heroes find the library of Drelatar before it is sacrificed? Can we please never, ever, ever hear that shopkeeper's voice again? Find out next time on Multiclass Theater. And now, an Akvani Scully League update, brought to you by Beer, Boobs, and Trucks. You're not a real Akvanian unless you like beer, boobs, and trucks. Prove it by buying products that are associated with beer, boobs, and trucks. Fucking capitalism. The playoffs are underway. The half-orcs landed the number one seed, but are struggling mightily against the Neverwinter Knights. The Shadow Realm Laz landed the number two spot, and currently have the edge over the Sunport Tabashi. At the bottom of the heap, the airy bird brains are slugging it out with the Shadow Realm Dans, and I think we'd all be better off if a fissure opened up and swallowed both teams. Stay tuned for more Scully League updates, right here on Multiclass Theater.